Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Amen. Well, welcome to Wednesday night, everybody. It's a good night so far. This, this is a good night to be at church. I, I think I can already tell what the Holy Spirit is kind of taking tonight. I, I love the, the theme of, of our time of worship, and I think it's even going to continue uh, as we go into the Word. But I want to tell you a story um, about what happened on October 25th, 1964. On October 25th, 1964, the Minnesota Vikings were playing against the San Francisco 49ers, and the 49ers had just fumbled the ball. And so defensive end Jim Marshall scoops up the ball, this is in 1964, scoops up the ball and continues with a 66-yard touchdown. He goes all the way down the field and he even spikes the ball and throws it into the stands only to realize that he had scored the wrong direction. He had run the wrong way. This moment is remembered in sports history as the wrong way run, where one man took the ball to the wrong end zone, scoring for the other team. And I think tonight, as we look in Scripture, in Proverbs 23, it's going to help us avoid a wrong way run of our own. That uh, we have this natural proclivity to run the wrong way. We've been um, going kind of day by day, encouraging you as well as us as a team, going through each day the proverb of the day, if you will. So it's the 23rd of August. So in Proverbs 23, you may have read that this morning or today. And if you haven't, then this is your chance. Uh, We're going to read just a couple of verses of it in, in two different versions. So uh, in the ESV version, it says this, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. And sometimes when a scripture doesn't make sense right away, it's a, a good move, a good practice to look at another translation. Because, you know, it it wasn't written in English. The Bible wasn't written in English. It's a team of of human translators that said, this is going to be the most accurate way, I believe, to translate this word or this phrase into this. And there's different uh, kind of, if you, can we just get Bible geeky for a second? Like, this is Wednesday night. If we just kind of go a little bit geekier for a second, like, people didn't just, you know, throw a dart at a dartboard to decide what translation, like, how to translate stuff. There's, uh, it's kind of on a continuum. On one side, there's... There's formal translations, and on one time side, there's functional translations. Formal is like word for word. This word means this, therefore I'll write that. Functional is thought for thought. And so there, you would think, well, let's just go word for word so we don't avoid things. Well, you actually uh, can run into some problems over here because there's cultural things that, that we don't know about because we're two, three, four thousand years later in time that we go, oh, no, I just really want the, the true thing. Well, you can get into some wackadoodle stuff if you read it wrong. And then over here, you have thought for thought. And so these translators would say, what is the, the thought that they're trying to, con- you know, to convey? So the ESV that we just read leans more towards the formal of word for word, and so here the, the NIV leans a little bit more towards the thought for thought, where he, or, or the, the NIV translation says this, do not wear yourself out to get rich. 
Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they are gone. For surely, for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Does that sound a little more relatable for anybody? It's like you thought, like your, your budget app worked yesterday and somehow like today, it's like something must be wrong. I knew there was more money in that account than there is. There's something, it must be the app's fault. No, 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 but, but money has this way of sprouting wings like an eagle. I think that this text, we, we mentioned Pastor Dave did such a good job in the, the first week talking about what Proverbs is and what it isn't. Proverbs is, is wisdom literature, and I think this text is doing everything it can to offer us wisdom and keep us from having an infamous wrong way run of our own. Let's pray together. Jesus, help us. God, we want to pursue what is worth pursuing. God, we want to live this life, run this race in a way that honors you, glorifies you. Help us to do that through your word. You are wisdom. Help us learn from you. Help us follow you. And help us live out the truth that you have for us in your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So it's a simple and short passage, but I really think that it talks about three things. I think this passage has something to say about us, something to say about money, and something to say about God. Something to say about us, something to say about money, and something to say about God. In the very beginning, if you go page one of your Bible, chapter one, chapter two, in the story of creation, it says that humankind was made in the image of God. Like God used himself as a blueprint to create you. Like think about that for a second. God said, what would be the perfect thing to to live on earth and rule over creation? Oh yeah, me. And so, so in the image of God, we were created, and in another term or another, uh, another word, speaking of translations, uh, in some cases, the same word is translated as idol. So idol being a, a material representation of an immaterial being, right? And so when we think about idolatry or we think about, you know, uh, creating wooden crafts or, or, or gold or things, it's, it's a, a physical or a material representation of an immaterial thing. And so in the Garden of Eden, when we ate the fruit, what we said is we're going to trust the finite material thing over the infinite immaterial thing. So we said in the garden, yeah, God, I know you said that this is a bad idea, but I'm going to trust the material finite thing over the immaterial infinite thing. I was created in the image of God, but all throughout history, we echo this refrain that we're better at making gods than God. That we somehow have an ability or or an ability to to find what has a more accurate way for us to live our life, what has a a way of giving us security, what gives us meaning, what gives us purpose, what gives us identity, on and on and on, our, our hearts become idol factories. That we say, you know, it might not be this, but it could be this. It might not be that, but it could be that. On and on and on because we were created to find our security externally. Think about it, we were created to find our identity and security, not internally, but externally. But the problem is that we spend day after day, year after year, lifetime after lifetime, 
That sounds like I believe in reincarnation. I mean, just like, you know, metaphorical life. This is, you know, p- poetically, not lifetime, not physical, actual lifetime after lifetime. Don't, don't tweet that. But we spend all this time finding our identity still externally, but in the wrong things. So we're created to find our identity externally in, in God, but we decided to find something else because we know that internally we're all this, this, this concoction, this cocktail of pride and insecurity where we go, one day we go, I got this, I got this, and one day we go, I don't got this, I don't got this. So we try and find safety and security in something else and we, we look and it's almost like uh, building a blanket fort in a tornado where we go, this is it. This is gonna be my thing. I have safety, I have security. And then the tornado comes and it reveals that it actually wasn't as safe as we thought it was. It's like building a blanket fort. And then even if you take tornado out of it, it's like building a blanket fort in the wrong spot in, in my house. Our, our playroom often has a blanket fort of some sort in it. Our, our young kids really, you know, they enjoy that. So we, we build a little blanket fort out of, you know, cushions and things you normally make it out of. And, and it takes, I mean, our dog running by too quickly. Uh, it takes a kid sneezing. Take someone leaning somewhere that they didn't mean to lean, and all of a sudden, what once was this immaculate fortress becomes just blankets on the floor. That's what we do. We create these blanket forts of security where we say, I'm going to have enough money in my bank account. I'm going to have enough followers on Instagram. I'm going to have enough status. I'm going to have enough power. I'm going to have enough fame, and that's what's going to keep me secure. That's what's going to keep me protected. And then something happens, and we find out that we were in the middle of a wrong way run. that the thing that we were turning into God was never able to carry the weight that God needs to carry. That we decided, and it can be anything, career, it can even be a, a friendship, or it can be your spouse. When we make our spouse God, and they're now responsible for identifying us, and they're now responsible for, for keeping us happy, they're responsible for, 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 for joy in our life and fulfillment and satisfaction. We're putting a weight on somebody that they were never able to carry. And we do that in so many areas of our life where we, our, our hearts are these continual idle factories that we say, no, 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 my, my job is gonna do this, my, my, my status, my, my fame, my, my relationships, whatever it is. And so we, we fall into what this proverb is talking about. We wear ourselves out to get rich. We wear ourselves out. And it, it, it's like a, a horse with a carrot in front of it. The, the, the harder we run, the quicker, the closer we think we're going to come to this prize, but only to find out that that's not how it works. Recently, um, a few, uh, maybe a month ago or so, I took social media off of my phone. I sort of just decided it was taking up too much of my time. It's not like a, a holy thing. I mean, I'm not, no, social media is not a sin. But I just decided I found myself on my phone too much, so I took off social media. And then I found myself somehow on my phone just as much, but now I play Sudoku. Um, so I'm working that out. We're work, working it out, but so Sudoku, you know, is is fun little brain teaser sort of a game. I got really into it, and the app that I play uh, has like little challenges. It's like, oh, if you get this far on this level, you know, by this day, our, your phone's gonna do a little confetti thing. You know, it, it's like, yeah, I want the confetti thing, and so I was doing this challenge like this last week, or attempting to at least, 
And I got really, really close to like the landmark. And you, I mean, and I'm, I'm playing hard. Like this, like three, four games a day. Like I didn't work for a week. I'm, I'm just kidding. My, my bosses are in the front row. I, I did work for a week. I did after hours. I played Sudoku. Uh, and so I'm playing all this Sudoku and I'm, I'm trying to get to like this level. And I go, man, if I do this, this is my first, you know, to do these games all the time. I never had the time. And then I get to it and I'm kind of scrolling up to the thing and I realize, Hey, why is that bronze? Because I keep scrolling. And what I thought was like the pinnacle of like, I win, it, it, it kept going. And so I keep scrolling and scrolling and, and even further than that, okay, now it's silver. And I keep scrolling and scrolling and, and 87 games later, you finally hit gold, and, and that's what it's like when we chase money. We think that we hit the landmark, and we realize, no, the field goal is even further. Like, we, we think, oh, no, no, but then I'm going to get a little bit more like that. Oh, oh, but I'm only at bronze. I'm not even at silver. And we go a little bit, a little, and we think we're at silver, and oh, there's a platinum now? Like, there's a, there's a, there's a ruby? There's a diamond? There's an elite diamond? There's a diamond plus? There's a, and it keeps on going, because that's the thing about idols. Idols don't know what enough means. Idols don't understand enough. Because we chase money, we'll never be rich enough. When we chase beauty, we'll never be pretty enough. When we chase power, we'll never be powerful enough. When we chase status, we'll never be high enough. Idols never know how to say enough. We're idol factories. We crave something to provide for us what we need. And I, I think of the great theologians Larry the Cucumber and Bob the Tomato. Bob the Tomato once says, Larry, how much stuff would it take to make you happy? And Larry says, I don't know. How much stuff is there? VeggieTales, it's uh, it's deep. Man, you have young kids, you're like, this stuff is deep, okay? Like, that'll preach right there. I'm about to bring out the comic book Bible next week. I mean, you don't even know, you're not even ready for that. VeggieTales cuts deep. This passage has something to say about us. It has something to say about money. It has something to say about God. What does it say about money? Again, in Proverbs 23, 4, and 5, it says this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches, and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky, just like an eagle. You know, a lot happened in 2020 when, when COVID, you know, happened and, and it's, word on the streets, it's like, it's coming back. And, and so God bless us all. Hope you're safe at home watching. Uh, but, but like COVID really revealed a lot, like economically though, in 2020, like people's employers were, were like gone without a trace all of a sudden. It's like, I had a job, now I don't. And then 2021 stuff starts opening up and employers, people were gone without a trace and all of a sudden there's nowhere to hire. Like it's, so you you have like, it it sort of revealed to us anything, if it revealed anything, uh, it revealed this, that what once seems to be secure isn't as secure as we thought it was. Because as an employee, you go, well, the the world's always going to need a concert venue and then, oh wait, one day it doesn't. 
or the, the world's always going to need my employer, and one day it doesn't. And then the employer, a few years later, in the great resignation said, well, I'm always going to have people that want to work for me, and then one day they don't. Well, I'm always going to have people that want to serve in my industry, then one day they don't. We realized here a few years ago that, that what seemed like we could count on it, like it, it, it isn't as secure as we thought it was. And now, here we are in 2023, we're inventing new ways to lose money, where like your $100 grocery order last year is $150 this year. It's like anything, anytime that we say this thing is going to be here tomorrow, I think history is showing us that it won't. And so this little blanket fort that we've made out of dollar bills is crumbling quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we realize quickly that we have a couple options. We either need to find a new fort or we just need to keep pasting dollars faster and faster and faster. Where we wear ourselves out to get rich. And when we are, are chasing money, like think about it, you, you actually don't chase money. Like you don't want to be a millionaire, you want to be a person that has a million dollars. Like, you don't want to have a million dollars, you want the lifestyle a million dollars can give you, if that makes sense. Like, you don't want to be a rock star, you want the feeling of performing in front of thousands of people and them screaming your name and, and things like that. So it's, it's not necessarily about the stuff, it's about what comes with the stuff. And so we think, we go, man, like, uh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it's not like I just want another dollar, it's not like I want another dollar, I want another dollar, I want another dollar. It's like, no, I want to, I want to, we hide behind words like this. I just want my life to, I want my, my family to be comfortable. I, I, I want to, to leave a legacy, at least what's left for them after I keep living my best life. I, we, we find these words to go, no, 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 it's, it's, it's good that I spend all day at the office because my, my kids are going to have nice things. They're going to go to a good school, things like that. But, but we wear ourselves out getting rich. And it's not just about money, it's about what comes with the money. We find ourselves not just working for the dollar, but working for the home, working for the car, working for the things that we say we need, but we don't really need, only to find out. Out, that it was temporal and finite and if you cast but a glance at it it's gone and it surely sprouted wings like an eagle and flew away because so long as money is our God we will never have enough and when we run into this blanket fort and convince ourselves that we're safe it's only because we can't see the storm And it doesn't just talk about money, I don't think. I really don't think, although he's using money as this example, I think you could fill in the blank in a lot of areas. If you did, it would sound something like this. Cast but a glance at fame and it's gone. It'll surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Cast but a glance at happiness and it's gone. It'll surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Cast but a glance at power, and it's gone. Cast but a glance at pleasure, and it's gone. But there's this list of things that we decide that we're better at making gods than God is. And I decide life is about my happiness. Life is about my pleasure. Life is about my satisfaction. It's the danger of finding identity in self. Like the answer is not to go deeper in, is to go further out. 
Like, it's not to go, oh, well, who's my true self? If I just keep on uncovering, you know, inward, 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 you find out the deeper you go, the darker it gets. Like, we realize that ourselves are, it's not the most stable thing. That's, that's the, the blanket fort in the tornado. Like, the, the cell, like I, I am increasingly, the more years I am on this planet, increasingly convinced that I would be really bad at being God. I, I, I learn more and more every day how bad I am at running my own life and how much I need Jesus, how much I need the Holy Spirit. Because when I'm left to my own devices, I'm stuck in the wrong way run, running towards the wrong end zone, thinking I'm doing right and I'm even ready to do my touchdown dance, but it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, hey, buddy, actually it's not like that. I need Jesus. I have found that over and over and over that I can't be God. But when I choose self-esteem, self-actualization, and things of that sort are the ultimate root of, of wisdom, or the root of security, the root of power, the root of beauty, the root of, of our own personal satisfaction and glory, you come up empty-handed over and over and over again. It has something to say about us, it has something to say about money, or we could even insert any temporal thing that is not enough, that it will go, it will fade, it will not be here tomorrow. But it also has something to say about God, I think. The first two are pretty explicit. The third is a little bit more implicit as we look at this, and especially in, in the context of the book of Proverbs, the, the Old Testament, the Old and New Testament scripture, creation. As we look just a little bit further out, I think there's something we see about God. Because by telling us what kind of God won't work, I think the author is also telling us what something would have to be in order to be God. He says, don't wear yourself out to get rich. It means that God needs to have unlimited resources in order to be God. Don't trust your own cleverness. It means that God, if he's really going to be God, needs to have unlimited wisdom. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. That means that God needs to be eternally present. They'll surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. It means that if God's going to be God, he needs to be immovable. And these are just, we know that those, those are just uh, a scratching the surface of who the true God really is. But, but these are things, characteristics, adjectives that could never be said of a God we can make on our own. We can never create something immovable. We can never create something eternal. We can never create something with all wisdom. We can never create something eternally present with us. We are unable to make gods. But we wear ourselves out giving it our best shot. And we're making blanket forts and tornadoes. We're thinking, this is going to give me some level of security, but it just doesn't. And the thing about the gods that we create, it's not just that you want more of it. It wants more of you. And the gods that we create don't understand the word enough. It's not just that we want more of it. Insert the blank fame, power, success, money, uh, whatever it might be. It's not just that we want more of it, it wants more of us. And so 
you have a small sacrifice you make to get that God. And you realize that you're, you're still a few steps away, so you make another sacrifice and another sacrifice, and then it's time with the family, and then it's a little more money than you wanted to spend, and then it's a little bit more of an investment on your calendar that you, you wanted to make. Maybe it has uh, every now and again somewhere you had to sort of slide or, or make a, a gray moral area that should have been a little bit more black and white than it was, but the thing that you're chasing is saying, I need a little bit more. I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more, and you're making sacrifice after sacrifice, sacrifice and is saying uh, more, more, more until eventually it says die for me and Jesus is the only God that said I'll die for you. Because for every other God is saying I just need a little bit more. We have a God that understands because Jesus is enough. We have a God who understands enough because he is enough. Where every God that we create, every idol that we manufacture just wants more and more and more. Jesus is enough. And when money is our heart's pursuit, we'll never have enough. When Jesus is our heart's pursuit, we will always have enough. Always. Always. And we can find ourselves just like Jim Marshall. Just think about looking at the end zone, being amazed that no one's even coming after you, saying, this is my moment. Man, and we look at, we look at the end zone, it's a beautiful thing. We look, and it's like, this is it. I'm running full speed because that's what's gonna do. It's gonna score the points for the team. That's gonna get us to the next level, only to realize when you get there that you just wasted 66 yards. And I think tonight, the Holy Spirit might be saying, let's reevaluate our end zones here. Let's reevaluate the direction that we're running. Is it actually going to be the thing that we think it's going to do? Like, is it actually going to be the satisfaction, the, the, the whole, the whole, you know, uh, feeling whole? Like, is it actually going to be the thing that, that gives us what we want? Or are we doing the wrong way run all over again? And I think about, I'm actually going to have, if it's okay, I don't know if, Akin, are you here somewhere? I'd love just a little, just, just some accompaniment, you know, because I want to sing that song. Like, that, that song became like the theme song for my heart tonight. Is he worthy? Like, is he worthy? And I look at this scripture, and it just points this, this huge signpost. Like, if there's one thing that the scripture is saying, it's, are the things of this world, are they worth pursuing? Are they worthy? No. But is he worthy? Absolutely. Because when we start running towards Jesus, I actually think beyond just forsaking everything else, I think he changes our perspective on everything else. Because a blanket is really bad at giving you protection. A blanket does very poorly when put in the wrong spot. But a blanket does a great job when you're giving warmth to someone who's homeless. When you're tucking your kid in. When you're providing comfort to someone who doesn't have it. When you put it in a spot it never should have been in, it's never gonna get you what you want. But I think when we start running towards Jesus, he recontextualizes the things that we've been worshiping. Like money isn't the root of all evil, the love of money is the root of evil. Like money isn't bad when you're using it to be generous and to serve. 
I actually think God likes giving you money. Like, believe it or not, I think God likes giving you money because he likes watching you be obedient with it. Like, money's not bad when you do that. Power isn't bad. Power, <coughs> excuse me, power isn't bad when you're using it to serve others, when you're standing up for the oppressed. God wants to give you power. Like, God wants to elevate Christian leaders to places of influence, and that's not bad. Power is not bad when it's used to serve, to stand up for the oppressed. Love isn't bad. Love is good. Love is, is God's display of, of his love for the world when we love others, but, but love isn't God. Power isn't God. Sex isn't God. Substances aren't God. The, your career isn't God. Power isn't God. Success isn't God. Money isn't God. What this author is telling us is there are way more important things to get exhausted over than money. That if we only have so many days on this planet and so much energy in our bodies, there are so many other things more valuable than money, more valuable than these temporal things. And is he worthy? He is. Would you stand with us? Stand with me. Let's take a moment. This, this is a self-inventory. I have, I have two questions. If you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, it's nothing magical about that. It just helps you focus on, on what God might be saying to you. The first is, what idol have you been chasing? What's been waiting for you at the end zone that God needs to do an adjustment on? And the second is similar but different. What have you been putting too much pressure on to be God? What thing in your life could never actually give you what God can give you, but you've been treating it like it should? Let's take a moment. Just, just do a heart inventory. What idol have you been chasing? And what have you been putting too much pressure on to be God? Lord, we come to you tonight repentant. God, we come to you repentant and frankly a little embarrassed for things we decided to worship instead of you. But God, we thank you that as we look to you, when we really look at you, when we with unveiled faces cast our eyes on you, God, everything that used to seem important doesn't anymore. Anything that used to seem like it had substantive value doesn't anymore. God, reorient our gaze towards you. And reorient our perspective on these other things that we've been calling God that weren't. God, we... We say we're sorry. And we thank you that on the cross was nailed every sin, every insecurity, every piece of shame, and every idol that we've ever created. 
God, anything that we've ever done was nailed on the cross. And when we say, I trust Jesus, I follow Jesus, that means it went into the grave and it didn't come back. So Lord, we, we just, we, we re-nail it to the cross, God. We, we put it back where it belongs. God, help us to, help us to do that. Thank you that you're faithful to take our burdens. You're faithful to take the weight because you can, because you are enough. In the name of Jesus, amen.